Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome you into the Sriracha Studios for a brand new episode of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. And I have to ask, whose idea was it to tape the show in the middle of March Madness? We are watching the end of the Princeton-Arizona game on Thursday afternoon. If you had Arizona going to the Final Four, your bracket is busted. Hey, America, I just want to say the Fighting Tigers, my alma mater, <laughs> we, uh, we're going to win this upset. It's a 15 versus two. No one thought we could do it. Shout out to my Fighting Tigers from Princeton. They thought we were just a bunch of smart guys. They, you know, we, they, I'm an engineer major, you know, and, uh, you know, they, they, we got a bunch of lawyers and doctors on Princeton. You know, listen, we beat Yale for the first time this year and everybody counted us out. They put us on the 15 seed. We felt like we should have been a three seed. We decided we'll take the 15 seed. We'll wear it. We'll wear it. We know Eric. Arizona was going to overlook us, and what happened? We won the game. So, shout out to my Princeton Tigers, the great late Pete Carrillo. This is for oh, you, yeah. buddy. Yeah. This is for you. We did this for you. Only you. We did this for you, Pete. Yeah, the famous game years ago, they had Georgetown and Patrick Ewing down in the final minute, and Georgetown was able to pull it out. But Pete Carrill, with that famous offense, I don't know if they're still running that, but whatever they did, they put Arizona in a coma. Well, Arizona sucks. And you guys laughed when I had Furman and Princeton in my final four. Yeah, we're still laughing. Yeah, we're still laughing. <laughs> He's got Northwestern. We're just waiting to see what the so wild I got my purple do. on. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. We were just talking about, me and Mark were just talking. We didn't. We, did, we excluded Tim because he knows nothing about basketball. <laughs> me and Mark are talking about the NCAA tournament. It's now watered down. Yeah, it is. Okay, America, the portal, transfer rules, has watered down. You, you got teams now that are mid-majors. They're teams like Princeton who are able to benefit from guys who want to transfer and come in right away and play. These guys, some of these guys are 26 years old. Some of these guys should be collecting Social Security. <laughs> They've been in school for so long. I'm like, man, I wish we had a portal or we had the rule that we could stay yeah. in school as long as these guys have. I mean, oh, my goodness. And we want to thank everybody who signed up for our, our Run Your Pool tournament, our bracket challenge. Uh, we've got a big first prize of $500, and your odds are pretty good with the number of entries. So keep following <laughs> it. If you picked Arizona, uh we feel bad for you. Yeah. Not really, but you, know. you still, still might chance. get some hot sauce. You still you still might get a bottle of hot sauce. Just, yeah. just keep your head up and, you know, hey, don't worry about it. I know right now people are pulling out their hair. Some of you might be bald and may not have hair. All right? But just understand, this is the NCAA tournament. Anything can happen. 
There was also a big upset earlier in the tournament as well. Furman knocking off Virginia when Virginia's point guard suddenly went brain dead and thought he'd throw the ball up in the air and the game, the time would run out. What was he thinking? They had a timeout, too. That's the problem, Mark. He wasn't thinking. <laughs> no, no timeouts. Listen, he had a timeout. No, no, he had a timeout. Yeah, yeah he had well, a timeout. should have called it. <laughs> no, he had a timeout, and what he did was he panicked. Yeah, he, he panicked. did. And what he tried to do, I'll give him the credit. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to take the ball and throw it as far back in the back court as he in the front court as he could to that so they wouldn't have Furman wouldn't have enough time to bring the ball yeah. to the floor and get a good shot. But it backfired because he happens to only be five foot two. Yeah, he didn't have the strength to get it down. He didn't have the strength and he didn't have the size. He was a little yeah. guard and he tried to throw the ball and the ball got picked off at half court. And Furman, give Furman credit. They yeah, did yeah. not give up the whole time. Virginia was a team that most people picked to go to the final four. But once again, disappointment. ACC. The Furman uh, Paladins advancing to I the round I transferred from Furman uh, after <laughs> my freshman year. I went to Princeton because I did the <laughs> academic program was not good at Furman. Not saying anything about bad about you, Furman, but I needed, you know, I wanted to be a, a chemical engineer. Okay, so I went to Princeton. Hey, our special guest on this episode of Give Me the Hot Sauce is Stacy's broadcast partner, Adam Amin. So we're going to talk all kinds of NBA Adam. and Bulls coming up in our next segment. We're going to start out, though, since the NFL has been hot with the start of free agency this week and the Bears with Ryan Poles have been very active. They've signed seven free agents already, and they made the big trade last Friday where they sent the number one pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers. They got a bunch of draft picks as well as a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. I, I thought the trade was really good, Stacy. What do you think? Well, Mark, we've been talking about that. I mean, you know, we, we knew they were going to trade the number one pick. A lot of people thought they should have traded Justin Fields, which is crazy. Yeah. Every expert said if the Bears traded Justin Fields, they were out of their mind. So, they did what everyone thought. They were going to trade down and they were going to mortgage that first pick to to parlay that into other picks and then be able to, to try to get some pieces to go around Justin Fields, which was important for them to do that. Uh, getting some weapons for him to go along with Cole Komet, who's who I think is going to be uh, tight end of the future. Um, now you got some receivers that can stretch the field. Uh, you got guys Mooney who can go underneath and, and and you know run those little drag routes across the field. While you got Claypool and Moore to be able to you know take the top off the defense, and then you got a running quarterback you got to worry about. <laughs> you got a guy that's he's, he wants to be a pocket passer, but can easily take off and show you he can take off for seventy yards. And the thing about DJ Moore, for people who are not familiar with him, here's a guy that's played five years in the league. He already has more receiving yards in his career than any wide receiver in the history of the Chicago Bears, which is pretty remarkable, Whispers. That's true. Wow. And that, did you hear that news today about grabbing uh, Austin Eckler? No. Is that true? Yeah. They're looking at uh, making trade. a trade. Yeah. Yeah. That would be... Uh, because they lost David Montgomery to the division rival Lions, right. which could, wasn't great. But, you know, running backs in today's NFL, they look at it as not, it's not a position that you want to invest a lot of money in. Right. But uh, he's elite, even though he's 28. But uh, a few more years, they, they'd be a uh, top offense for a couple uh, of years. I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. All right. We'll see. That's <laughs> we'll see. thinking. But what they need to do right now is focus on the offensive line. Okay, they filled some key pieces to give him some weapons. Now it's time to protect the kid. Mm -hmm. They got to go out and do. They, they've they've signed some people. I mean, we got who did they, who went offensive lineman they signed. They signed a guard by the name of Nate Davis. Oh, Nate Davis, yeah, there so he is. He'll be a starter. What about right tackle? They got to fill that spot. They got to fill that spot. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. There's a question mark on my list on the right tackle. Okay. So a lot of people thought they, they might go after the kid from Kansas City who ended up signing with Cincinnati, the left tackle. 
Uh, Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. he was like the most expensive free agent out there. He got like sixty-four million for four years. Well, I mean, that's that's they're going in the right direction. Um, you know, they no telling who they're going to get in the draft. They may get their starter from you know left tackle in the draft. Who knows? They might take the kid from Northwestern, Peter Skaronsky, who's yeah, projected Skaronsky. as the top ten pick. That just sounds like a. It just sounds like a, a, a lineman. It's his his grandfather yeah. played for Vince Lombardi with the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah, let's say hey, listen, let's draft him. Ryan Pole, <laughs> Ryan Pole, if you out there, listen to me, baby. A Skaronsky, I like that. Skaronsky. Sounds like it sounds like an yeah. NFC North offensive yes. tackle, isn't it? And, it sure and and you know the NFC North. Hey, listen, there's a lot of change going on. Oh, that's for sure. A lot of change. There's a certain number twelve leaving. He's, going He's to leaving New York. on He's that leaving. midnight train to New York. Did you see yeah. those Jets fans going bizarre? Good luck with that. The guy's <laughs> going to be 40 next year and he doesn't even want to play. How about yeah. him saying, I went into the darkness. I was 90% sure I was going to retire. And then the Packers were talking shit about me. So I decided I'm going to play again. You know? Well, the, he went into the darkness and he turned the light off in his bathroom. Okay, that's <laughs> why he went to sit on the toilet. That's why he was in the darkness and he went to the wilderness. Okay. He's been in the okay? darkness for a while. Yes. If you read listen, some of his comments. Listen, okay. and, then, and then he only comes out and says things on, on uh, Pat McAfee's show. Right. Like if you ever want any news about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, go to Pat McAfee. I like Pat McAfee's good show, but that's the only way you talk. And you know and, what happens and, when you go to the, you know, to the jets as a, yeah, Brett Favre tried it. Well, then you start sending out dick pics. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that a clause in the contract what? that you have to wow. do that? Yeah, it's part of the deal. And then you oh, go to the Vikings man. and get an MVP over 40. Oh, there goes another sponsor. Wow. <laughs> Leave it up to whispers. <laughs> Who's the sponsor? Oh, dick pics. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, Nikon. No, no. Trojan condoms. <laughs> They're the only ones going to support us now with that comment. Wow. Wow. So what do you think is uh, the NFC North looks like now? Is Justin Fields the best quarterback in the in the North? I mean, Jared Goff and, and Kirk Cousins obviously had good seasons last year. Good numbers. Listen, America, don't sleep on the Lions. Yeah, they Dan, were good last year. Dan and the fighting Campbells. Yeah. That's what, Dan and the fighting Campbells. I'm telling you. They, I watched, I watched the, I watched the, uh, the hard knocks. Yeah. And that dude, I, he's the one guy you wanted to see succeed. Like he, he, he puts so much into that team and the way he treats his players. Like you had, if he wasn't in the NFC North, I'd be rooting for him all along. Cause I mean, I hate when he's, he's, he's got to play the bears, but do not sleep on that team. That team at the end was the hottest team going into you know, the playoffs. I mean, they, they almost, almost surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Went in Lambeau field, knocked the Packers on out of there. And that's why you saw the Packers the way, you know, everybody thought Aaron Rodgers was done. He's holding little Randall Cobb and then little Randall Cobb's walking out with him. He said, don't worry, boys, we're going to the jets. Just hang on. Give me a couple of months. That, I'll work that deal out. That's another thing that you bring up. Remember how Aaron Rodgers was saying, I don't have any weapons and they never get me a wide receiver in the draft. So then he gives the New York Jets demands that you got to get Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and, and the tight end Mercedes Lewis. These are the guys he was complaining about weren't good enough. And all of a sudden he wants them all in New York with him. The guy, well, the guy is certifiably nuts. Let me just tell you, he's a diva. Yeah, that's for sure. A lot of great players are, you know, when you, you know, you win two or three MVPs, you know, you can make these demands If a team is stupid enough to do it. Then go ahead and rob them. They already you know, signed yeah. Lazard. That's Jackson. what I'm saying. They signed into a nice little, nice little deal. You know, it's like, like I said, it's like you know when people come in and they you know want to rob a bank. Most people wear a mask so they can't see who's robbing the bank. Well, you got Aaron Rodgers walked in with no mask on. He's actually looking up at the camera. <laughs> I'm about to rob you, Jets. I'm just telling you right now. I'm about to rob you. I want this guy. This guy. This guy. 
See you in a few weeks. And they brought in his favorite offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, who failed miserably. Couldn't even make it through one year as head coach of the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. This is That's not his fault. That's not his fault. <laughs> That's Russell Wilson's Another fault. Another diva. Russell Wilson, he should, he's to blame for that. You, you got a coach's office. Hey, he tells the players, if you need to talk, come up to my office. No one does that. That's yeah. just, that makes no sense at all. It divided the team. Uh, and Hackett was in his first year there. Didn't have the control that he needed to put his foot down. Russell Wilson had too much power. He will not have that power with Sean Payton. I guarantee it. He will not have that power. Well, let's get back to the Bears. They have 10 picks coming up in the uh, April NFL draft. Four of them are in the first 64. So they're going to get some guys that they look at who could potentially contribute right away. But when you look down the list of some of the free agents, I really love the linebackers they got. Tremaine Edmonds, the guy from Buffalo, that guy is a killer. He'll hit you and he'll he'll force some fumbles. TJ Edwards is Edwards. a guy, is a local guy, played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had almost 160 tackles. Really impressive. Demarcus Walker is a guy that's got some potential on the on the offensive line. Excuse me, the defensive line. We mentioned Nate Davis will probably start at left guard. And then they brought in a running back, Travis Homer from the Seattle Seahawks, more of a special teams guy. They added P.J. Walker as a free agent, a quarterback. They released Trevor Simeon today. So P.J. Walker, sorry about that, uh, Whispers, your Northwestern yeah, guys yeah, well, leaving town. Yeah. But it makes sense because P.J. Walker is an athletic running quarterback. So you play the same style that uh, you do. You would do with Justin Fields. Yeah, because Simeon runs a 40 in two weeks. That's it's right. not gonna, I like Trevor Simeon as a pocket passer. Not as a runner. No. Oof. Oof. And they also signed Andrew Billings, the defensive tackle today, who played for the Raiders last year, started most of the season. And they for got them. cap space. Yeah, they still they had, they had one. They had the most cap space, I think, in the NFL. So they were able to go right. out. They were out going Christmas early. They were shopping for everything. But the two linebackers are huge. Yeah. Because you got younger and you got guys who are very productive at their position. Buffalo is going to really regret uh, Edmonds leaving. That, that dude's a stud, man. Whew, that dude, he's on my fantasy team, my IDP league. Oh, man, oh, I haven't lost with him. So, so they got younger and more athletic. It sounds yes. like Gar Foreman was in charge there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Come on, man. Gar, Gar, listen. Gar is a Gar. Gar's is my friend. Gar, Come on, I, Gar I is ever listening to the show. Gar, listen, I didn't sign off on that comment. <laughs> Your name should not even been brought up, Gar, but Mark, you know, Mark is, Mark is an assassin. Yeah, man. that's right. You know, he just that's hits right. anybody in the crosshairs. So, Gar, whatever you're doing, you're in Hawaii drinking, drinking, you know, uh, margaritas or you're drinking fruity drinks, just go back to doing what you're doing. Right. Disregard that statement from from our friend Mark over here. That's there terrible, Mark. Well, Mark can't Lori Lightfoot. Right Lori Lightfoot was on line too. She <laughs> called me. She called me when I got home and she said, Stacy, I, you know, I thought we were better than this. Did uh, you see the guys in the Sriracha crew posted the video with the clip they ran? That was oh, great. You guys yeah. did great with that. Yeah, you did good. You yeah. did good. You did good, Sriracha crew. But I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, Lori called me. Lori, yeah, did, sure Lori she listen, called you. Lori did not appreciate the comments that were made and how you guys just made fun of her. So I said, Lori, listen. If you really want to come out here, you know, come and talk to these guys, you're more than welcome to come to the show. Yeah, with and, your security. Uh, and you know what? Bring your security. We'll hold Mark and hold Tim and let you get <laughs> as many throw punches off as you want. Okay? You can take 10 if you want. So bring your big security guards that you, you know, you had. What, what was the beer you said she was drinking? Modelo. She was drinking Modelo. She was drinking Modelo. She's with a tiger. A 24 piece. <laughs> and then the man who said she was Beetlejuice, he, that's the comment she didn't like. That's the comment she didn't like. So she said, you know what? Yeah, he said, I'm going to make a remake of Beetlejuice. Okay. I want to talk to that guy, Whisper. So yeah, Whisper, you're on the hit list, buddy. She still got power. She got juice. So if you come, if you come up missing, we know what happens. So she's still keeping the bears at Soldier Field too. 
She said, now? No, she's she's going to Arlington Heights. She yeah. said, you know, since y'all kicked her out of office. <laughs> she's in now. She, out there. she said, y'all kicked me out of office now? Okay, I got something for y'all. We're going to Arlington Heights. Let's go, Bears! Well, I'm sure that uh, Lori and many people out there are looking to fulfill their insurance needs. So we're going to oh. give you a little bit of a tip. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good friend, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can read him, reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy, the best jingle in business. <laughs> nationwide is by your you get the full service treatment here on give me the hot sauce you get the vocals you get the one man accompaniment you never know what you're going to get on the jingle it's beautiful stuff thank you tim that's about the nicest thing you said to me in 30 years of abuse remember what i told you america all that glee club paid off you see the bleak I'm being terrorized. <laughs> All right. So the question Bear fans are asking before we start switching to NBA, bring in Adam, who, who's the best team in the NFC North now? What do you, what do you guys think? I know you probably think Detroit, right? Campbell <sighs> oh, soup. It's tough. It's tough because I, if they brought Kirk Cousins back, but they lost, they just let release Thielen. Thielen, Thielen, what is Adam, Thielen? Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yeah. They released him, which is a, he had 70 catches last year. That's that's Kirk Cousins' go-to guy, gone. Minnesota's down, down. So it's the Detroit Lions and the Bears. Chicago <laughs> Bears fans, I'm on the bandwagon. I've been on the bandwagon from day one. I was here when Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman was a quarterback. I, was, I, was, uh, I supported the Bears then. I supported Bobby Douglas. I wasn't even born with Bobby Douglas here, but I supported, way back now. I supported Bobby Douglas, Bob Avellini. Oh, you remember Bob Avellini? Oh, Bob Avellini. Mike Tomzak. I've been a Bears supporter for years. I didn't jump off the bandwagon when they sucked. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon now with my young quarterback, Justin Fields, who was at the game yesterday, and Claypool and all those dudes at the game yesterday. Did you see Claypool eating? No. Clay, okay, so we, we 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 put Claypool up on the line, right? Little young kid, young guy, you know. He's sitting there. He doesn't know the camera's on him. And he's just chomping. Just, he, he, <laughs> head didn't come up for two seconds. I was like, hey, baby, you going to prison? Oh, baby, it's the last meal. Come on, Claypool. It's like your daddy and chicken. Claypool, oh, my. Hey, listen, don't talk about my daddy. Right? Okay? You done crossed the line. You done crossed. Hold on, America. Hold Stacey on, America. Can say that, but you can't can say, say that, that about my daddy. You don't say that about my daddy whispers. All right, boy. Woo, I I was back in Lawton, Oklahoma, baby. I was getting ready to fight. You don't talk about my daddy. I thought it was your mama. You get oh, I just got to know where the rules are. Oh my God! Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna see you after the show. Okay, after the show, we're gonna we're gonna settle yeah, this. After the bike race. Yeah. Okay. I'm All right, whispers. Who you got in the NFC North next year? I'm going Bears. There you go, Bears. I have to. So what what position would you take if you had the first pick or the ninth pick in the draft, like Ryan Pohl says? I think they got to go uh, offensive tackle. Northwestern. That's Peter right. Peter See where I'm going with this? Skaronsky. <laughs> he fits the other day, got to the podium, goes Skaronsky to the Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he flat out said it. I love it. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, they're, they're still talking about the Georgia kid. You know, yeah, the defense he slides. Alignment. But did you see what he did? He couldn't even finish his, his workouts listen, the pro man, day. Listen, listen, man. 
just just move on past that. He's costing himself millions move, move, of dollars. Move past that. Get to the offensive lineman. You already got two linebackers. Yeah. You can feel you can go get a defensive lineman cheap and put there that can be very productive in those positions. Then the next year you got a first round pick. Then go out and go grab another a top stud on the defensive line. But right now you need to get that offensive lineman because that's the position that'll be there for the next ten to twelve years. And that'll protect that kids. That'll protect that your franchise quarterback. And that's what I do. And the Bears with Ryan Poles also have a backup plan. If for whatever reason Justin Fields doesn't take the next step they expect in year three and they have to worry about guaranteed money going forward, they could always package their first round pick, the Carolina pick, and trade up and get a, a Caleb Williams or somebody like that next year. That's that's the backup plan if things don't work out. You know what? There should be no damn backup plan. You always right? have to have a backup no, plan. No, 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 manager. no, no. Listen, man, listen. Right, because polls polls didn't draft Justin Fields. Right, okay? so that's why so, he's so not he's, totally yeah, committed. Okay, but you, listen, man, you coming in here, it's one thing if you got a veteran quarterback that's been here seven, eight years, you're not committed to him. This kid's been here three years. Okay, he's he's a dynamic quarterback. Had he stayed in school, he'd probably been a number one pick. Come on, man, invest in this kid. Get this kid some offensive linemen. Get him the weapons, which you already have done now. Now it's up to him. Now, if you get all these things right. in place and you and you you protect him, you got him some receivers and a running back, and yet now you've got some some people can take some pressure off him. Komet's going to be a stud. Okay, let's just call it the, the way the modern day tight end is. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a stud because he's a pass catching tight end. Like to see him block a little bit better, but hey. I don't care about that. Go catch me some balls, get 60, 70 catches, give me a couple of red zone touchdowns, we're good to go. But get him an offensive lineman, get him some linemen, protect him, and then you base off that, okay, we got everything he needed now. If he doesn't progress, now we look at plan B. But let's let's invest in this kid, because if you're him, you're thinking like, man, these people don't even believe in me. Like, wow, okay, when I come free agent, I'm the best quarterback in the NFC and the NFL. Well, that's going to cost you. And it was good to see Justin Fields, as Stacey mentioned, at the Bulls game with his three receivers getting to know each other. And that's important. And, they, and you know, it seemed like DJ Moore just happened to walk in and, like, he just got there that day because he's yeah. there with his family and everybody, you know, when he tapped somebody on the, I think it was Claypool, he tapped on the shoulder and went, oh, hey, man, yeah, <laughs> I know you was coming today, you yeah. know. So they were up in the Bulls suite. You know, there was, there was a lot of royalty up there last night. We had we had the we had the, the great artist Gilmore was yeah. up there. We had, uh, you know, Tony Hugh Jackman, Ku Coach. He was up there. Uh, <laughs> my boy TK, T, Hugh Jackman. He looked like Hugh Jackman, man. A young Hugh Jackman. Um, who else is up there? There's a bunch of people. All the Bears guys are up there. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool seeing all those people up there. And speaking of royalty, coming up next, uh, Stacy's broadcast partner, Adam Amin, is going to join the show. We're going to talk NBA, see what's going on with the Bulls, and look ahead to the stretch run, see if they can get into the play-in tournament and hopefully qualify for the final eight in the Eastern Conference. But before we bring Adam in, we'll talk Tell us about our friends at Biggers Mazda. Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Biggers is offering a bottle of Stacy's signature hot sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Bigger's Mazda. Tell them Whisper sent you. They'll give you a weird look and tell you to head the other way. Mazda. Mazda. (laughs) And remember, with a test drive, you get a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce. You can't beat that. Great cars, great hot sauce. We got something special coming up later in the show. You want to tease that? Mark, you're like an old refrigerator. You can't keep nothing in. All right. Well, we won't tease that. So we're going to surprise our All viewers. Right. Okay. We're gonna, we got a surprise coming up after we visit with Adam Amin. So stay tuned <laughs> as episode 122 of Give Me the Hot Sauce oh. rolls on. 
Welcome back to Give Me the Hot Sauce. We told you earlier in the show about Princeton being beating Arizona, wrecking a lot of people's brackets. And now say goodbye to the Fighting Illini as they are about to lose to Arkansas. 68-61, 48 seconds left in the second half. And that's been a crazy up and down season for Illinois all year. Uh, so welcome in Adam Amin. Do you fill out a bracket, Adam? And, and how's it doing at this point? Well, I like many had Virginia taken at least a couple of games. So, I mean, my bracket's busted and I, and I already like, I don't watch college basketball the way I used to. When I worked at ESPN, I mean, it was every week we were locked in. We did multiple conferences. I've done two college basketball games in the last two years, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's more about the NBA and I don't get the same juice out of the, uh, out of college hoops like I used to, but I still enjoy it. I know so little that I wasn't expecting to make any noise in a bracket. <laughs> I feel you. You know, like I was trying to tell people earlier, Adam, you know, I went to Princeton and, uh, you know, this is a huge <laughs> win for our program. And um, I'm just thankful that, you know, the Princeton got, of the our, program, the, the yeah. our program, you yeah. know, we, I went to Princeton. Yes. I, transferred. Princeton I, remember that, yeah. I, right. I transferred from Furman and I went to Princeton. I just, you were an you know, academic <laughs> All-American, right? You know what, Mark? I, I don't like the tone. <laughs> I really don't like your tone, Mark. And okay, I, I'm trying to talk and get my point across with my good friend. Straight A's and my, Furman. You know yeah. what? You know what? If none of coming out of you, you definitely getting throw punch. Seriously. Like you are close to getting throw punched over here. Throw punching everybody. Yeah, exactly. So, so Adam, you know, as, as I was talking about the NCAA tournament, you've covered these games. Do you think because of the portal and because of the transfer rules and these guys getting extra years because of the COVID situation that it's kind of watered the, watered the NCAA tournament down where teams that would normally not even have a chance have chances now? I don't know if uh, I agree with the premise. I don't know if I would call it watering down necessarily because I do feel like it's supposed to give a little bit more of a level playing field in all honesty. And and even like 20 years ago, maybe I'd say even 15 years ago, uh, even when I was in school and transfers weren't as uh, common and, it, you know, they were just starting to figure out how to use transfers to get, you know, graduate level guys or, or older guys into a program. It was still teams like Butler and VCU and George Mason making deep runs in the NCAA tournament, uh, double digit seeds that were starting to make their way. And that was because we at least attributed it to teams that had continuity compared to the teams like your Kentucky's Duke was starting to become like a one and done factory in a lot of ways. So I, I wish that the intended uh, kind of pursuit of this was a little bit better highlighted over the course of the year, because regular season college basketball to me is the, attra the attraction is the Kentucky's, the Dukes, the North Carolina's, the blue bloods in the NCAA tournament, at least in the first couple of weekends, it's supposed to be about, Cinderella, the underdog, and I, I wish that would have been marketed a little bit better to those of us who are a little bit more casual of fans now of college hoops after the COVID situation kind of turned some of us away from, from watching it a little bit more consistently. All right, we stalled as long as we could. Now, now we got to get to the Bulls and, and what's going on. I know, I know that you <laughs> run, Adam, run. <laughs> you and Stacy talk about it on an almost nightly basis on the broadcast. It's just been maddening to think that a team with this kind of individual talent as a record that they do, especially when you look at the record in clutch games. Last year, that was one of their their pillars. They were winning close games, and Billy Donovan has talked about it almost ad nauseum in some of the postgame uh, sessions. What's your take on what has gone wrong, particularly their inability to win close games? Yeah, the, the, the record is completely flipped, right? These are the types of games they were winning last year, and now they lose, I think, two out of every three of these uh, over the course of the year. Uh, last night included against Sacramento. I think, um, you know, Stacy and I have talked about it a lot. It's a lot of detail stuff, you know, like the, it's not for a lack of talent because this is as talented of a group as you're going to find amongst teams. Like if you were to compare the rosters of Cleveland, New York, Atlanta, 
uh, Miami, uh, even like, you know, I'd venture to say even like a Philadelphia, you would at least be able to make cases for comparability. And so, so you're right, Mark, it's not a talent drain, it's detail stuff, you know, and, and I feel like we say this every night, there are pockets of, of time, periods of time where all of a sudden the shot selection goes awry or the defensive rotations start to really falter for too long. Everybody has breakdowns, but those rotations all of a sudden for two or three minutes, sometimes five minutes, all of a sudden nobody's getting to the right spot or everybody's a little bit late and nobody's helping the helper. And, and it's, it's one night, it's one thing on another night, it's another thing. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about the Lonzo ball situation a lot this year, and I don't doubt that a lot of those problems would be, if not completely negated, they'd be severely mitigated in a positive way if he were here, but he's not here. And for it to take 67, 68, 69 games for us to keep harping on this, you know, it's kind of disappointing. And it's not for lack of a talent. It's not for a lack of will. It's not for a lack of intelligence or desire. It's a lack of detail and, and basketball IQ in the context of these important segments that they just haven't been able to succeed in. Well, I, I totally agree with you. I, I go back to the third quarter. The Bulls last night won three out of four quarters. You know, mm-hmm. back in the CBA, CBA days, we had quarter points. And that's how you determine who was the higher seeds when the seasons was over, when it came down to, you know, playoff time. So you had mm-hmm. to win every quarter. So when you play every quarter, that that means it's a game within a game. So you that first yeah. quarter is actually a game. Second quarter is actually a game. So it kind of got that feel last night where the Bulls probably have to start thinking that way is winning quarters and trying to win as many quarters as possible. But last night in the third quarter, I mean, being outscored by 15, coming out to start that turn. And we always notice certain things. Like we pay attention to what's going on. And like I, I saw yesterday, like, you know, them not really going through warmups in the, at halftime and not really, you know, getting themselves ready to go. Because I've always said the first five minutes of the third quarter is going to tell you a lot who's going to win yeah. that quarter and that was very evident last night when Sacramento came back they didn't really like the way they played in the first half and they came out in that third quarter and blitzed us and it makes sense right because in the third quarter you have your same starting units the same starting 10 I was kind of use that as a broadcaster crutch you know same 10 that started the game start the second half and the point of kind of reiterating that is you've also had halftime and 24 minutes of game time to see all right who's hot Who's not? Who are we doing a good job defensively on? Who's got the hot hand on our side? And let's utilize those things. That's when we talk about when we talk about halftime adjustments or ex- expecting the opponent to do something different. Hey, Malik Monk didn't do a whole lot in that first half, but we know he he does a really good job. So with six minutes left, let's make sure that we key in on him and, and make an adjustment to him and start to rotate to him. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that that's what happened the other night. And you know better than I do, Stace, but I think it's that type of adjustment, those types of details that I think the, the Bulls have been lacking in. And, and, and too often, uh, the games that they've won, they've been able to win on sheer talent. And Zach Levine is as talented. You can't tell me there aren't that, that there are 25 more talented players. I'm not saying he's the best player. I'm saying talented offensive players. You can't tell me he's not a top 20 guy. You, you probably make a case for a top 15 and some would make a case for top 10. You can't tell me that it's a, it's a talent issue. It's, it's our we continuing game. You know, Kendall talks about it in studio. You get away from the game plan. Whatever that game plan in the first half that got you to that point to have a multi-point lead, a double-digit point lead, you know, they seem to just get away from those things. And I understand they're looking for the knockout punch, but I think this is a team that needs to win their fights with body blows. They, they need to consistently jab and consistently go to the body. Uh, this is not a haymaker team that can knock down four threes in a row take a six point lead and turn into a 17 point lead. It's just not one of those teams. 
The news of the day is that Lonzo Ball will be having a third surgery on that troublesome left knee. The doctors have just been unable to pinpoint exactly what's causing the pain and discomfort that's kept him from getting back on the basketball court. Bulls have a tough schedule going down the stretch. They've got a couple of home games coming up, then a home and home with Philadelphia. And right now, you know, it's looking tough to get into the playoffs. When you look ahead to the offseason, Adam, do you anticipate that we're going to see major changes or tweaking around the edges? I feel like we might be in for some major changes and, and, and I'm not uh, tuned. In. I don't, I don't go seeking out the front office and saying, you got to tell us X, Y, and Z. It's not my job. My job is right. to just go game to game to game and, and tell you what happens that night and maybe how it affects the future. So this is just gut feel on my part, but it does feel like to me uh, that we might be, be, I mean, we might be preparing uh, ourselves to see some changes. And, and if, whether that means that one of the stars that this team has on its roster is dealt somewhere. Maybe one of those guys asks to go somewhere else. You know, I, I can understand uh, that these guys are are hardworking. They're loyal to each other. They, they've done a great job in, in terms of building team chemistry and, and love and appreciation and respect for each other. But these guys also want to win. And the Lonzo injury, I think, shifts the paradigm a little bit because, you know, this was built uh, with the expectation that he was going to be a key cog for four years. And, you're losing essentially two and a half years automatically, and you hope that you might get that last season uh, fully healthy. And hopefully this next procedure will allow that to be the case. But uh, can you keep everybody together knowing that that window is very, fairly, you know, is closing fairly fast? Uh, I, I could see some major changes taking place. And that's just, you know, like I said, gut feel and kind of reading the landscape of the NBA. That doesn't mean the Bulls are blowing it up. I think they would deal one of those guys if they knew they could get back a superstar caliber player, an all-star uh, caliber player. Uh, to, to maybe build around or add as a peripheral piece. I, I don't think we're, we're talking about another rebuild, but I do think we, we could see some major changes in, in the game plan right now. Well, and that's one of the things I, I've always said, Adam, because it's, it's amazing because this team gets along. There's no egos. There's no there's no infighting behind the scenes. We're, we're behind the scenes. Um, we see how these guys get along. We travel on the plane. We're in the same hotels. There's none of that, which is which is really surprising with the way they're playing. It's mm-hmm. you've got three, you know, two legitimate all stars. Vooch was an all star when he was in Orlando. So you you have legitimately have three like mm-hmm. big threes. And it's with the wins of 31 wins is just super surprising. I mean, even even with knowing going into the season, knowing that Lonzo Ball, you know, may not be ready to play. I, I had this team winning between 45 and 50 games easily with what they had coming back. We upgraded yeah. our bench with, you know, Andre Drummond. And then you got Dragic there, and I, I just, I just is like, yeah, this team is, this team is going to be nice this year, and it just hasn't materialized, and it just almost looks like, as you said earlier, it comes down to a point of focus and and focus to detail and what's important and what's not important, and that's where they seem to falter. I think uh, I, I understand too. I understand frustration. I understand being upset with with the situation because again prideful guys with a lot of talent and they expect more of themselves in terms of wins and losses. I know individually they've had, they've had a, there've been some really good years. Zach Levine has had a fabulous season, all things considered, you know, coming back from the knee injury and having a slow start to the year, he's still putting up uh, numbers to hit, you know, that are par to what we're used to seeing, if not, you know, stretches of better efficiency than we've seen in the past. DeMar DeRozan still can put up 30 every night. Like we saw the other night and Vucevic in a contract year, I credit him a lot, man. He gives you consistency. If nothing else, there has been a consistent line just about every night. You're going to get 18, 19 points, if not more. You're going to get 10, 11 rebounds, if not more. And you're going to get, you know, three assists or more, more often than not. So 
uh, I credit these guys, the, the improvements of Kobe White, the flashes of Patrick Williams when you realize, hey, he's still only 21 years old and he's doing things that, you know, in the past we never saw 21-year-olds doing. So uh, I, I give these guys a lot of credit, but the, the Lonzo injury really derailed what I think was a fabulous craft uh, put together by Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. I, I was talking to our buddy Jason Goff about this uh, the other day. I... I if you're a, any type of um, if you have any type of job, uh, you want to be considered a craftsman in your job, whatever that job may be. You know, Stacy's a craftsman as a broadcaster. I want to be a craftsperson. I want I want to uh, create the job and, and make it worthwhile. And I know GMs and, and VPs of teams think that way too. They want to have their roster put together, and for other people who do the same job to go, you did a great job putting that roster together. And I thought it was fabulous when this team got put together a year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was with Ball, Caruso, uh, bringing in DeRozan, Levine coming off a, a rock-solid season, Vucevic uh, playing very solidly, Williams developing, White developing, and the additions that Stacy talked about, this was crafted to be a number one seed type of roster. And we saw the 35 starts, the 40 games of the preseason, and what this team looked like. And if that's the sample size you're going off of from two seasons ago, and then you improve your bench, the expectation is absolutely to win somewhere between, and I, I would have said around the same stage, I would have said like 42 to 48 wins. And if not more than that, if you get a full season and get some momentum and you get a couple of breaks going your way, this is a 50 win team potentially. So to see it get derailed so quickly by one, you know, spoke of the wheel getting pulled out, you know, it's, it's really disappointing. And, and uh, that's, I think that's, what's so disheartening for, for you and I, for, I know the coaching staff, for the players, for fans, uh, you know, it's been tough. I, I understand that. It's been very difficult at times to watch. Looking ahead to the playoffs, it looks more wide open than ever mm -hmm. around the NBA. There's not one clear-cut favorite. Milwaukee's been on fire. They've won 21 to 23 to take over the top seed in the East. When you look at the West, Phoenix makes the big trade for Kevin Durant, and he sprains his ankle, but he'll be back for the playoffs. LeBron James yep. will be back, and the Lakers have played really well, even with LeBron out. Who do you look at as as the teams that that are most likely to be in the NBA Finals? You know, it, you you can't tell me Milwaukee's not uh, as good a team as any. Like I, I like Boston, and I know they've been uh, a, a number one team in this conference for you know like half the year. Uh, but I, if I look at playoff runs and I see uh, what Giannis and that crew can do when they're healthy and how they added pieces, like I give that front office a lot of credit, man. Like they they've made a lot of moves in the last three seasons. Come trade deadline and playoff time to get signees and get guys in there. that are going to make a real contribution. And I think guys like Joe Ingles this season could play a huge factor. Giannis is playing at an all world level. And I know he's hard to officiate. Uh, and then obviously the bulls know plenty about that. You heard Monty Williams talking about that the other night uh, with Phoenix. That's a hard guy to officiate come playoff time because of his physicality and, and guys allow him to play. And I think he's improved as a jump shooter. I still think he knows where, how to get to wherever he wants to go. Chris Middleton, this is his last run. I think Middleton, you're starting to see the injuries creep up on him a little. This is going to be the final stretch of, of that run where Middleton's going to be a really strong player. And he's not going to win, obviously. But Drew Holiday, I think, is this, the most severely underrated player in this league. And I think from the East, until Milwaukee says otherwise, they're still the best team in my estimation in this conference. Out in the West, I love Phoenix with Durant. We we got a chance to see uh, uh, one of the small sample sizes of that Phoenix team when Durant was there and how difficult Booker becomes to guard when Durant's with him. Uh, you know, Denver's been struggling a little bit. And Stacey, I think you and I would both agree that Phoenix's bench worries me and Denver's 
uh, lack of rebounding and shot blocking and rim protection worries me a little bit as well. I, I do think so. those West teams have a few flaws at the top. And that's why I still lean on Milwaukee to, to kind of come out as a favorite in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, just getting a chance to see Sacramento play. You know, they were the number two team and number three team coming into the game last night and, you know, got a chance to see them up close, you know, since they've been playing well. Uh, we saw them earlier in the year and they weren't mm. playing as well as they are now. Uh, I came away with the impression that they can score with anybody. Yeah. Um, but the lack of rim protection, and we said this last night because the Bulls shot 40 plus three point shots with no rim protection at all for the other team and didn't even try to challenge them. It's like they settled for threes last night when they didn't really have to, um, which is surprising. So I, I came away looking at Sacramento last night. I like De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he's got a killer instinct. That shot he took was cold blooded last night at yep. the end of the game. I called it before he even took it. I said, he's going yeah. to take this game. He's going to take the last shot. And he walked the ball up the floor. And what was really surprising about that last play was that they didn't put ball pressure on him and make him turn him a little bit, try to get the ball out of his hands. I know Billy said in his press conference that they had a double team coming, um, but you saw Patrick Williams had it was Garden Herder, who's a three-point shooter. And I think in his mind, he knew he was supposed to go, but then he also, being a 21-year-old, is going, well, this guy's been knocking down threes. He's knocked down three three-point shots over in the last few minutes. I don't want to leave him, so do I go? And I think, you know, that was a tough situation to be in. And like I said, when you got all-star caliber player like that, you knew he was going to take that last shot. I thought the defense should have been a little bit tighter yeah, on him. Yeah, Fox wasn't going to pass. No. No, and that was his time, and that's been his time. That I, I referenced the three he made against Orlando from the logo to win a game at the buzzer. Like he's got that type of killer instinct. Let me throw out something, Stacey, just so, just to prove to people that I do listen to you a little bit uh, during our broadcast. Uh, uh, your man, yeah, one of the greats, Johnny Bach, uh, always talked about ball you man, right? As a defender, and I felt like I agree with you. I was I would have loved to see Patrick Williams. Certainly, I understand not wanting to leave Kevin Herter. But you got to know that De'Aaron Fox is the guy. You got to make that, you know, you got to decipher that in the 12 seconds, you know, from the inbound to, to when he walks up to take the shot. I would have loved to see Patrick get a little, little bit of a, an earlier double team, but still be in a position to, if there is a pass uh, to Herder that, you know, when Fox is doubled to try to get rid of the ball, if there is a pass, he's at least in that ball you man position so that you cut off or at the very least make it a little bit more difficult for a player like De'Aaron Fox, who's not the tallest guy by any means, to make that type of pass. So, like, I felt like that that Johnny Bach principle would have really applied in, in a positive way there. And again, it's easy for me to second guess. And, and again, those guys know better than I do. But it just that's just something that I remember you talking to me about and kind of teaching me. I, I would have loved to see that principle kind of in place there. Well, one of the things I, I thought that the Bulls, because you know, it's always we can always play our um, armchair point yeah, guard, sure. you know, but I, I coached in, you know, in the CBA, it's not the NBA level, but I coached in the CBA level. I, I felt like in that situation, you put your best defender on De'Aaron Fox, which I think the guys on the floor, it was Patrick Williams, a bigger body, you know, uh, much more uh, difficult to get around and mm -hmm. you put full court pressure on the ball because they took the ball from the other end of the court and he walked it up the floor and he just wasted time and he saw, he was just evaluating where the double team was going to come. He was seeing where all his players were and he's just walking the ball casually and, and not to put the blame on, on, you know, IO. I mean, cause the, yeah, Bulls, yeah, the yeah. Bulls, Bulls had opportunity to, to win that game without that play. Um, you take away that third quarter, play a little bit better. They might win that game easily. Uh, 16 point lead. 
we've said it all along. You got a 16 point lead. You're supposed to win those games. So I I just thought the ball pressure should have been a little bit more, whether it been I or Patrick Williams, that ball pressure should have been a little bit more on De'Aaron Fox, because if you watch the games like we do and people who have seen Sacramento play, and he's alluded to earlier, you know, taking that logo shot, he's the guy that's going to take the end of this, the end of the, you know, game shots. Everyone knows that. And this leads the NBA in clutch points. and, and, And this is why I say like, you know, this, this generation of players, you really want to know how much basketball they actually watch. Because yeah. if you're if you're watching De'Aaron Fox on the West Coast game, yeah. you already know what he's doing. So I'm getting up in his chest and I'm making it work. I don't know how much time guys spend you know, watching and reading scouting reports. I, I don't know. And, and I, I even like if you take away the scouting report aspect of it, like the 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 devil's in the details right and you there's only so much you're going to get from from a scout uh, scout report and I've, I've read a, a bunch of them in my in my life and obviously stacy you've executed them and created them and delivered them to your teams uh but but in just reading these things it's a lot of like what do we need to do on this particular night based on that guy's overall overarching skill set like this guy likes to go to his right this guy's a left-hander. You know, Fox is a lefty. Make sure you take try to take away the left hand. Like, there's a lot of really important detail stuff in there. But the stuff that you and I referenced, like, yo, this guy made a 35, 38-foot three-pointer a few months back to, you know, beat a scrappy Orlando team, right? Like, did, did you ever – did these guys see that? I'm not accusing anybody of anything, obviously. I'm just saying, like – players around the league can you reference something like that can you say hey i remember when this guy guys i remember when he uh hit that shot he's he might he might pull up from 30 so you gotta you gotta step up to him you gotta you like little details like that just come from watching the game and, and being a student of it and the other thing i'll say too and this is in more of defense of patrick and io you know there is a difference between second and third year guys and like fifth and sixth year guys right like De'Aaron fox knows that double team is going to come because he's had two, three more years of seeing guys come at him when he's been the ball handler at the end of a game, right? He knows that that's to be expected. So he knows how to prepare for it and react to it. And, and when you have a little less experience, sometimes you don't, you, you don't pick up on those things in the heat of the moment. And, and the point of doing this and being a veteran, when we say, oh, this guy's a veteran, it's because we expect him to know certain things about very specific situations that, he's probably run into in the past compared to other younger guys who haven't seen it as often. Hey, hey Adam, when uh, you're sitting next to this guy and he's got his crystal ball next to his telestrator. And Nostra those, Stacey, yes. Yeah, and he's uh-huh. in the, the clutch moments of those games. This happens a lot, especially this year, and he's talking about the the next play, the failure, the win of what's going to happen with the Bulls, and he calls it like he did last night, the De'Aaron Fox thing. He says, this is his time, get up on him, and blah, 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 and then that happens. What do you think about that afterwards? I, I don't think of it as like, uh, oh man, you know, we pat ourselves on the back or, or like, Hey man, I, you know, like so when Stacy's like, I told you, he's not like patting himself on the back. He's like, he's trying to emphasize a point. Like this is something you have to know. And for me in my position, I viewed moments like that, obviously with pride because it, it reflects on, on my preparation and on Stacy's preparation. And, and the reason I feel like we, we're, we're good at what we do together and the reason that we're good at what we do individually and the reason I think we 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 can continue to even be better than that is because we work really hard to try to know these teams as deeply as possible. And we do it in our own ways, too. I might look at more numbers. Stacy's going to watch a little bit more tape and go off his gut and his education and his knowledge. But I think combined together with our plus a great crew who responds to both of those things very well. Uh, that's that's I, that's the pride I take in it. It's not 
hey, we got it right. Uh, and, and like, we're smarter than everybody. It's, hey, we got it right because we studied. We knew that could be a possibility. And we were able to inform an audience before something happened uh, and, and see it come to fruition. We didn't, that's not a fun thing to prepare for. I, I was telling that to Jason the other day. I don't like preparing things like the Bulls have lost six games when they've had leads of 16 plus. But what it does is condition us to know, hey, this game's not over. You know, this goes back to January when we started seeing some of these leads go away. It's something you have to prepare for. And we we prepare. Let me bring it to the other side. Uh, on the Rockets game on Saturday night, Stacy said it at halftime. He's like, the Rockets, you got to play this game to the fourth quarter. You can't get discouraged being down against a young athletic Rockets team because, uh, what was it, Stace, 10 times or yeah, seven 10, times? Something like 10 that? times. 10 times they've had double-digit leads going into the fourth quarter and lost those games. They run out of gas. They don't play defense, combination of those things. And that's because Stacy came in prepared. And what happened? You wait. It took a while. It took 42, 43 minutes of game time, but the Bulls rattled off 13 in a row because they were able to rattle a, a young Rockets team and they got a key win on the road. So it works both ways like that. Hey, last thing I've got, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the uh, World Baseball tournament going on right now and you do great work for Fox doing NFL and, and Major League Baseball and, and our buddy Jason Benetti was calling the game the other night yeah. with John Smoltz and Mexico gets out to a 9 nothing lead and Jason is one of the best in the business in, in working as analyst and making sure he's got a million questions and yeah. I was listening to the broadcast and I was thinking of you, what's it like when you're doing a baseball game and a team gets down 9 nothing in the second <laughs> or third inning? It's got to be a long, a long slog through that thing. Well, well, you lean on your analyst unless your analyst did not play any major league baseball like stacy and i had to deal with that what was it Sox royals game yep. uh from the, uh from the studio and they had that rain delay for two hours and then the yeah. Sox got down early it was it was a tough night but uh, obviously when you first off you're absolutely right about jason he's he's so good at weaving in a lot of these things uh for these broadcasts and and obviously he has such a deep knowledge of of the sport and the, and the players that he was covering uh having done you know major league baseball the last several years uh, but he's great about it. And and you have to recognize who you're sitting next to. He's got John Smoltz. I've worked with John, uh, you know, th three times, four times, whatever it is at Fox. And and he's one of the best in the business with some of the best knowledge base you're going to find. It's a World Series winner, a guy who started, who relieved. He was a closer. He played for great teams. He played for some bad teams. He got traded. He, he's a Hall of Famer. He's had all these different experiences. And you look at the guy next to you and say, what's the best way to utilize that that person? And you know, for Stacy and I in a, in a sport like basketball, where it's a little bit faster, a little bit more fluid, uh, and the pace is a little bit quicker, you know, we don't always dive into a ton of stories, but you also got a great personality next to you. And, and we have a good time and getting to do this for the last three years now, three seasons, you know, we, we have some jokes and we have some, some connectivity, <laughs> that we can, uh, you know, we can dive into. So, so it's an, e it's a lot easier when you have the right partner to, to make it easier for you. And, and then obviously I come in with some stories and some prep and, you know, we can take time to talk about the opponent and some stories you may not know about the opponent. And I've got a list of things about every player on our team. You know, we're talking about Alex Caruso's dad uh, yep. and, and how good of a free throw shooter at, at Creighton he was and things like that. Like we've got stuff in the bag and, and I got a good man next to me. I'll tell you what, he's just being nice. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I have so much fun. Like, I, uh, America, you probably don't know this. Like, I, I'm telling you a little secret. I, I was ready to walk away like Butch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when uh, Neil took off. Mm -hmm. When we had to interview like 17 people, whatever. And I was like, man, maybe I should just go out with Neil. We go out as a team. And so I was really close, really close. And then we hired Adam. And then all of a sudden, my whole attitude changed. Because I worked with him the, the very first day I worked with him. We had a 
lot of talented people come through there. We talked about that before. Even you, Mark, you were like 17. Yeah, I know. We, we always yeah, go yeah. back to Mark, that. Mark right, was right. number 17. Oh. Mark, Mark, come on, baby. Go, you, know how we, you know how we do things. Don't, yeah, don't let Adam come between us. Don't let Adam come between us. So, 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 so the very first day I worked with Adam, I knew right out the box, I, I got to talk to uh, Susan um, and I told her, I said, hey, he's, he's the leader in the clubhouse. We don't even have to interview anybody else because we just clicked from the very start. He got me. I got him. We it, it, it's got even stronger as we've gotten along. I mean, we, we have so much fun on air. Sometimes we forget that we, we got to do a game, you know, yeah. so so we have to be we have to be reminded sometimes from the power to be <laughs> once, once in a while. Once it's, in it's, a while. It, 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 you know what? It's a good reminder. Yes. It's a good reminder. Yes. It's good to be reminded. Hey, you know, let's. Yes, get, in, get focus but back the, on there, you clowns. <laughs> <laughs> you clowns. You clowns, but but it, it is fun. It, it is fun knowing that if the game does go off the rails, if if the if the if the, if the score is just you know wayward and and it, the game isn't as compelling, we know how to, or, or at least we try, and, and we certainly have options uh, to make it more fun and to try to make it more informative and entertaining and and hopefully. The goal is that everybody walks away at the end of the night uh, that watched the broadcast and said, I enjoyed that. Whether the game was good or Stacy was good or I had a good time with him and we had some laughs or the game or the, the Bulls played well, whatever it may be, or a combination of all those things. If they walk away and say, hey, I had a good time with with uh, my guys, that's uh, that, that's a win. That's a win for us as a, as a broadcast team and that's a win for us as a crew. Whispers, you got anything else before we say goodbye to Adam? No, he's always the best guest, though. I yeah makes me smile the whole time. Thanks, he's a, Adam. He says, he's Adam. Adam, 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 the quicker picker upper. Adam, he's, he says that to everybody. He's lying. I know he does. I know yeah, he does. He's, he's, he said that to the, the little dog that we had on that does little tricks at the half. The dog was show. cute. Look at yeah, it. Scoo- yeah, Scooby. Yeah, and Scooby was like, yeah, Scooby, yeah, 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 nodded exactly, his head or whatever exactly. it is. Yeah. Oh, baby, we got another game this he's, weekend, he's, baby. But, but Adam Come didn't on. show us his T-shirt. He always has a good T-shirt on. What's going on there? Oh, what do we got here? We got, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, you'll like this. This is uh, from my guy in Orem, Utah, uh, Cameron True. He owns a joint called Bam Bam's Barbecue. It's one of nice. my favorite spots. Oh, nice. nice. Give me a free, Utah, free plug, man, baby. So. Give me the hot sauce, baby. <laughs> free plug. We, hey, we might. Hey, collaboration. How about That's that? Right. A little hey, collab. Hey, between, hey, my guy, hey. between all my all my, my food connoisseurs. Hey, listen. <laughs> you already know I'm collabing with uh, Goose Island, baby. Oh, baby. I don't turn I gotta try the down with my collar. I still haven't gotten a chance to eat the burger. I want to eat it soon. So. Come on, man. Yeah. What kind of friend are you? <laughs> I've got well, you chance, been, yeah. Come on, man. You should already tried it by now. Come on, man. I thought you were oh, I mean, brother, when, when between the five minutes that we got between we walk out and then <sighs> some Mark Brady's yelling at us to <sighs> hurry up and <sighs> sit down, sit down, you clowns. Yeah. You gotta sit record down, this sit open. down, clowns. <laughs> get back on it. Get on the headset, clowns. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mark Brady. Shout out to Mark Brady, Tamara Anderson, and Dangerous. My yep. boy Russ Anderson, right. good dude. We got a good crew, man. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your evening. A couple of home games coming up, and then it's back on the road. Hopefully a strong finish for the Bulls. Look forward to seeing you soon, Adam. Be well. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you. Stacey, I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, big dog. And we're going to stay with the uh, food theme coming up. We're not going to wreck the surprise, but we got something special coming up. Give me the hot sauce. We always surprise. Episode 122 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. And before we get to our special guest, we've got some breaking Bears news. We started out talking about free agency and how Ryan Poles has done a good job improving the roster. They just stole a player from the Green Bay Packers. Robert Tunyon, a young tight end, a great pass catcher, is now going to be able to team up with Cole Komet and some two tight end looks. Gives Justin Fields another weapon. And they take somebody away from the Packers. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> breaking news, breaking news, Bears fans. Hey, is, is he a good blocking tight end? 
He's more of a receiving tight end. Yeah. Okay. He was so, one of Aaron Rodgers' go-to guys. So, so we we may have that that Aaron Hernandez, you know, Gronk kind of yeah. pairing. You know, when those two, two tight guys, end looks, those be two good. guys were dominating before. You know, Aaron Hernandez went crazy on us. Yeah, that's true. Geez. Oh Lord, I'm yeah, go to Netflix if you want yeah, to go see. watch the Aaron Hernandez story. <laughs> that might be a show y'all can watch. What are we watching? Yeah, I ain't watching that shit. You don't don't watch it before you're going to bed either. <laughs> ah, my yeah. Goodness. So the things are looking up for the Bears. A lot of great additions in free agency. And we've got a special segment coming up. We were talking to Adam Amin about some food and getting out to Goose Island to taste Stacy's specialty burger. We want to welcome in Zay Gamble. He is the uh, head, the founder of Eat Well Meal Prep. And uh, Zay, tell the folks your story about why you decided to, to get involved in the food preparation business. Well, at uh, one point, I was like 320 pounds. Crazy. Uh, and at that time, my ankles were swelling and uh, I was getting tests done and they couldn't really uh, give me a definite of what's wrong. I didn't have high blood pressure. I was pre-diabetic. I didn't have uh, any really illness. So they said, you just, you just have to lose weight. And uh, I started trying to lose weight, researching the best way to do it. Cause you know, of course I started like everybody else. I was just eat salads. And yeah. <laughs> that get pretty dull. Yeah, very dull. Yeah. And you're really not losing weight. And you're like, all right, what am I doing wrong? So I found out about uh, meal prepping. And uh, it's just like anything that most people do when you're, it's something new and you're intrigued and you're like super in love with it. You're posting it, you're sharing it. And as, as, I, as I was sharing it, people kept asking me, hey, well, how do you do it? Or can you do it for me? And I was like, nah, 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 nah. And, uh, one day, uh, my buddy came with the idea saying, hey, you really should do it because I had lost the weight by then. And uh, I started it. And uh, I never forget, I was working in a warehouse and we were doing overtime a lot. And then they cut the overtime. And I was like, all right, I need to figure out something. So I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And I started meal prepping about four or five years ago and uh, been going strong ever since. How many people are working for you now? Uh, I got uh, one driver. Other than that, it's just me. Are you kidding me? You, you prepare all these meals and then you... I'm the shopper. I'm the advertiser. Wow. I, uh, I do everything. That's what makes it so impressive. Yeah. There's... Um, because let me tell you something. He takes orders on Thursday. Yeah. And you get your meal on Sunday and he personally delivers it or someone or a driver will bring it out to you. The meals are fresh. You don't have to, they're not, you know, uh, frozen. They're not all mixed together. Like I, you know, I, you know, because I travel so much and mm -hmm. the, the way I found them was Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill had put something on there. <laughs> America, there I am right there. Yeah, right there. See that? See that? See that? Yeah. I just got my order right there. I was a happy customer and I've been ordering ever since, but I saw the, the advertisement on Kendall's uh, thing. And I've always been, looking for one that's been in Chicago because I used to order some that came from like California or Vegas. And when you got it shipped to you, the, the food never looked like the pictures. It was all the, the it sure, was frozen. Yeah. It was in dry ice. And then when you unthawed, it was just mushy and the, the vegetables were terrible. And it's very, it was very expensive. It was very expensive for what you were getting. The thing about, you know, his business, his, what he's doing is, is that if you're in Chicago, it's the perfect thing. 
because you get fresh food. Everything is fresh quality from the salmon, the chicken, the steak. And it's just not like boring. Like every week is something totally different. It, he could cook chicken a hundred different ways. He can cook steak a hundred different ways. It's just not the same chicken breast, rice, yeah. and potatoes. You know what I'm saying? It's something different all the time. I mean, he, he brought some stuff here today. So America, you, I'm sorry you guys don't get to taste it, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to taste it for you. Okay. You I'm can gonna, live yeah, vicariously can, through yes, us. Yeah. So, so, so talk a little bit, talk a little bit about where, where you do all your work at, how long it takes you oh. to make meals and that when you have to do order and get it all out by Sunday, talk a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm renting out a kind of like a shared kitchen in Elk Grove village. Uh, and I'll just start. I take the orders. Uh, they come through through my website or whatever. Sometimes I take it. You know, people, I do take last minute orders if it's like someone who's like in desperate need, like an older person that's probably struggling mm-hmm. with, you know, a high cholesterol gout or something like that. I'll take theirs after the count, after the deadline. But uh, I take the orders and then I create a grocery list. Then I do all the grocery shopping and then... Uh, from all the grocery shopping, then I start prepping everything as far as like cutting the vegetables up or cutting the potatoes up, peeling potatoes, uh, marinating the meats. And I get everything ready for Sunday morning. I get to the kitchen Sunday morning, probably about like 4 a.m. And I try to get the food out by like 2 to 3 p.m. And uh, it's a... it's a long process, but <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. And uh, I started in my mother's kitchen. So I was doing it in my mother's kitchen at a high rate. And it's kind of like, it's a little impressive because it was a regular kitchen. And now I'm in the commercial kitchen, and which kind of helped me all those years in a regular kitchen. It's like I had to kind of be three or four steps ahead because it's a smaller space. And then when I got in a larger space, it's like, all right, got a little easier, but my my volume increased too. So uh that's pretty pretty much it. It's a it's a long period of time though to cook from uh on a Sunday because uh I got no help. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh four or five things going at the same time. I'm uh Got a, you know, I got a mental timer. I have no timer going off. I'm just like in my head, like, all right, I got to, I got to check the chicken in a second. Uh, I got to make sure I cut the, I gotta grab the potatoes out of the cooler, put them in the oven. I got to go check on this, and uh, also at at the same time, I have to make sure uh, the quantities are right because I have customizable orders where you know I got a guy who's a, a bodybuilder, so he's gonna eat. Three times the amount of carbs as everyone else. Uh, I have a person who doesn't eat anything but fish, a pescatarian. So I got to make sure their orders are right. I got people who want this or don't want that. So it's like a constant as I'm cooking and as I'm plating, I got to go back to my notebook and who gets what, who wants what. Stacy doesn't like salad, so I got to make sure I never put a salad in his his bag. You want fresh vegetables, right? Yeah, I want fresh vegetables. His salads are good, though. His salads are great. He puts them in like a mason jar, and you can just like kind of shake them up with the stuff. Yeah. It it is really good, you know, so, but uh, see, there it is right there. there. See there, America? That's what the salads look like. They're there and they're delicious. Don't get me wrong, they are delicious, but his meals are so good. 
I want the meals. I can make my own salad. <laughs> I, I can't make what he's doing. I want his meals. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, ever since I found out through, through Kendall on Instagram, I said, you know, I'm going to try this out because I've been looking for something a little bit closer to home. And I travel all the time. We're on the road every single day. Um, I take two of these with me on the road when we go to the Bulls plane. Instead of stopping by and go grab some fast food or something, you know, I can pop one of those on the plane uh, microwave and then I can eat that. It's a healthy meal. All the foods are good. I have not had one bad meal. The other night I had the stuffed peppers. The first night he brought the, I called him and said, hey man, stuffed peppers, they on fire. Bro. They on fire. And I love stuffed peppers. And it was, it was, it was, it was awesome. And so every, every meal I've, I've not had a bad meal and I would not be, I, I'm an honest person. I would tell you if I had, this meals are awesome. Well, let's take a look at some of the food you brought in yes. today. You, you, okay. you were kind enough to bring some food for everybody to share here. Let's take a look. What did you bring today? That Tell the folks what you got. It's chicken, uh, jasmine rice, and uh, let's try, beans. Yeah, let's try yeah. some. Then this one will be, you don't want this one. This is the taco bowl. The yeah, taco. Taco. I had that the other night, though. I had that the other night with my hot sauce. So this is, we have some, we have some uh, people up there with international flavor on the, on the Sriracha crew that likes the, uh, the Mexican stuff. Yeah, and then, Francisco. Don't try to act course. like you didn't hear me. <laughs> this is another favorite. Oh, oh, this is mine right here. Can we can, <laughs> we can we see this, America? Look at this. Look at the salmon over here. Where are we at? Look, look at the salmon, and then there's the Chicken. broccoli, and it's and it's proportioned very well. Right, it's proportioned very well, which is really important, yes. isn't it? Yes. That's yes. the most important thing because uh, oftentimes people, uh, it's like a lot of companies out here that they portray that they're meal prepping companies, but they're really just putting dinners or meals in a bowl. Oh, right. And oh, sauce, the, the important thing about this is if you got uh, hot sauce, hot sauce. Hot sauce. Right, if you, you got you the right portion. No, 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 don't put that on there. Get the barbecue sauce right. for the chicken. Ooh, boy, I'm telling you, Mark, you're going to take it to another level, bro. <laughs> Come on now. Ooh. For you guys, or for you, Sriracha Kudu is going to maybe have the uh, the Mexican Southwest food over here. <laughs> I suggest you take the Salsa Verde and put it on all this and mix it all up. Yes, yes. I don't have to tell you, okay? All right? And as a matter of fact, leave leave the money on the table when you try some of the hot sauce because nothing's for free. I'm sorry, people. No. Oh, but Broccoli, baby. Got to eat healthy, baby. <laughs> Well, well, Zay, while we're eating here, why don't you tell the folks, you know, so many people try these latest fad diets and they're always frustrated because they don't work. Why, why does this plan work where a lot of these fad diets fail? Because this diet is based on uh, the simple principles of uh, a certain amount of carbs, mm -hmm. uh, a nice amount of protein and a nice amount of uh, vegetables. So pretty much all my meals are four to six ounces of protein about anywhere from a half a cup to a cup of uh, green vegetables. And I go from maybe a quarter cup to a third cup of carbs. Uh, that keeps all the meals essentially under 600 calories. Oh yeah, that's great. That is great. So, and the best thing about my food is it, I don't, I don't cut back on the, the taste. I don't mm -hmm. use a lot of sodium either. Right. But I give you enough flavor to want you to make you want to eat. To make you want to drive past McDonald's and go to the microwave and want No, I'll, I'll go one step further. It make you just want to slap your partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the flavor is, America. Oh, the salmon is on fire. Oh, oh, lot just, just to be clear, I just cooked all of this for. Oh, me. I don't care, man. So you, get, you and Stacy going to get a partnership deal to, with the yeah. hot sauce? Right, the hot right. sauce is barbecue is great with the chicken, Stacy. You're right. I told you. Yeah, I told delicious. You. Take it to another level. Yeah. Wait a minute. What else you got over there too? <laughs> oh no, it's the same. 
mean, oh, you got another salmon? Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure the hot sauce crew gets a chance to. to sorry, I'm sorry, we don't feed these people. <laughs> it's a sweatshop over here, America. It's a sweatshop. You got to earn. You got to earn the right to eat, especially Dangerous D over there. He's, he's got bad attitude. We may not feed him. We'll feed everybody else. Maddie, we're gonna feed our, our extraordinary producer, Maddie, Nikki Knuckles, and Francisco. But we don't know about Dangerous D because he's he's got attitude today. He's about ready to get throat punched. Yeah, Zay, before we say goodbye, tell the folks again how they can contact you and place their orders. Uh, you can contact me on my website, which is eatwellmealprepservices.com. My IG is at eatwell.mealprep underscore Chicago. Uh, my email address is xavierseniorsenior at eatmealprepservices.com. Why don't you spell that for the folks? Which one, my name? Your uh, email. <laughs> it's uh, x-a-v-i-e-r-s-r at e-a-t-w-l-l dot m-e-a-l Oh, no, it's not that. Prepservices.com. Prepservices.com. Yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 I know there's a damn spelling. I just want to make sure that people want to get this delicious food. I got an email. I almost did that one. I got a Gmail that's an eatwell.mealprep. That'll work. America, if you get lost, all you got to do is go to my IG account. You'll see I always promote him on my thing. Just go on my little profile. You'll see it and just hit it and you'll take you to his website and everything like that. Has anybody ever told you? I'm sure you've heard this before. Did anybody tell you you look like Dr. Dre? Not when I was fat, but yeah, that hair. See now he look like he look like Dr. Dre. If they if they should have called you for the NWA movie, you could have played Dr. Dre. He, they don't even look like Dr. Dre. Sriracha crew. Yeah, Steel Dre, baby. We got these, we got these, we got the music, Steel Dre. Yeah, but he you know in his face he look like Dr. Dre. Yeah, straight up. Zay, don't listen to them, man. They don't know. <laughs> they don't listen to music, man. We got some Dr. Dre music on the on the outro. Can we get that? Yes. yes. All right. So yes. while well, D works on that, of course, you can contact Zay for these great, delicious meals. Oh. If you're looking to lose a little weight, it'll help you in that process. And make sure to go to gimmethehotsauce.com for Stacy's signature hot sauces oh. that make these meals pop. So it's a great you combination. Smack your mama. What did the, what did the hand say to the face? <laughs> Smack. That's what I make you do. You can tell that Stacy's a satisfied Ooh. customer. Is your buddy Mike outside uh, this week? Yeah, Mike's there. So is, we should invite him in. He can, he can taste as well. Mike, Mike said he ain't coming here, man. No? No, Mike said he ain't coming here. He said he's out there protecting the car and waiting for me to get inside. Is he doing laps, doing push-ups out there? Yeah, you know, we got you know, we got special guests. We got special guests out here today. We got my, my good friend, um, <laughs> Kyron Evans. He's a good friend of mine from Phoenix. He's here. He's here visiting with his mom, Courtney Evans. They're yeah. here. Uh, his father was a great friend of mine who passed away this past uh, year. Um, he went to school with me. He was one of the school's first mascots, one of the first uh, African-American. American mascots and um, so he's here for spring break hanging out he's getting a chance to catch a couple Bulls games so uh, we're having fun with him and his mother nice to get a chance to meet them happy to have him here in Palatine at the Sriracha Studios Stacey you want to do the Windy City promo or you want me to do it while you uh, enjoy your meal you do it man I'm eating right now don't bother (laughs) me right now bro don't bother me I'll cut your hands off that's right Windy City Limousine provides championship service making a reservation is so easy it's a slam dunk let Windy City break the full (laughs) pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time ask for our friend Mike you can contact Windy City Limousine at 847 Seven nine one six ninety three hundred. They will provide you with door to door service and have a comfortable ride along the way. That's oh, Mike. Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. I'm telling you, man. I listen, America, America. 
If you ain't, you don't get this man's food, you are missing out. Stop buying that fake stuff that comes from California. Uh, meal fuel, fuel your mama meal. What well, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> uh, Stop ordering it. For the record, all the uh, those companies use frozen vegetables. And exactly, vegetables. and it tastes like frozen vegetables. It does. These are fresh. Look at this broccoli. Look how green it is out here in America. It's all green. You throw some of my hot sauce on it, it takes it to another level. Allah. <laughs> Eat well meal prep. Zay, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you feeding us and telling us uh, how they can get on this program. (laughs) Great food delivered to your door. I want to thank our guest, Adam Amin. He's going to get out to Goose Island and try a burger. We'll get him some eat well food as well. And want to thank our great Sriracha crew. We'll come back at you next week with a brand new show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 122 is in the books. We're going to finish eating here. Have a great night. (laughs) Drive on safely. Eat well. It's only preseason, but I'm high field fuck. Jimmy G buckets, get buckets. Oh my goodness, give me the hot sauce.